Hello beautiful light beam, I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-led, spirit-driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, Echo, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence. Okay, let's begin. Hello beautiful light beam, welcome back to the Soul Ed Spirit Driven Podcast. Thank you for being here with me for the next half hour or so. Today I would like to talk to you about our children. How powerful, how amazing they are and how hard they have it in today's world. So let me take you back to January last year where I took part in a meditation circle and there was a girl, she would have been 16 or 17, probably 11. There was a moment in that meditation class where we were asked to share something that feels heavy for us, that feels stuck in our energy so that we can release it. And this girl shared how overwhelmed and scared and worried she is for her future because she is on a cusp of making these big uh, decisions that supposedly will define her whole entire life. There's exams, there's projects that are coming up at school. It was highlighted to her how important this and next year were. And she's worried she's going to stuff it up. She's worried she's not going to get the grades she needs. She's worried that she should know already what she wants to do and she doesn't. And just other things that added to this overwhelm, this anxious feeling. And she was crying. And even though we went there to help or offer you know, any advice, the adult me wanted to hug the 16-year-old girl because in a way I wanted to hug the 16-year-old Kasha who went through the same thing many many years ago and I wanted to tell her that everything will be fine that this is merely one of many 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 moments where you get to choose which way you're going to go, where you're making decisions that feel big, but really they just lead you to different experiences and that this in no way was a pivotal, important, life-defying moment. It was just an experience, just a milestone. And it opened up this whole can of worms for me. Because from that January, I've witnessed 
many more moments where children felt scared even though they're here in Australia a country that isn't torn by war so there's no physical danger these particular kids have loving beautiful caring stable families there's no reason for them to feel unsafe unloved unworthy and yet they had all these mm, fears struggles anxieties worries that 10 year olds 14 year olds 8 year olds shouldn't have and led me to this journey of exploring how challenging it is for children nowadays to stay connected to source. So I know you are an awakened soul and if you have children, I believe that you would be the kind of parent who would love their children to stay connected to those intuitive abilities, to that inner wisdom intuition but I know that there are many more parents who merely see these things as wild imaginations or you know kids just coming up with these crazy things that no one knows where they pulled them from and so unintentionally perhaps they shut it down and it has also made me realize that we have been told by adults when we were kids, pay attention, focus. Our kids are being told to focus, to pay attention. And no one actually explains how to do it. No one teaches them how to focus, how to pay attention. These things aren't taught in schools, and in my opinion, they should. It should start with little preppies. It should start in kindergarten, where it's not even planting the seed. It's nurturing what is already there. And with the older kids, that's where you plant the seed, so that as they go through this challenging phase, adolescence, especially in this modern world where they are bombarded by cues, by peer pressure that your generation, my generation, our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation never had to deal with. And even if your children aren't, you know, kids that have phones or are on social media, they go to school, they socialize, they talk to other kids, they're being told what is in, what is out, who is a trendsetter, who isn't, what they should be and what they shouldn't be. They're being told whether they are worthy or unworthy, whether they're good enough or not good enough. And I just want to tell them so badly that whether you are a TikTok influencer with hundred thousand followers or you're not even on TikTok whether you wear fairy things or the latest niche brand or not at all you are a complete 
wholesome, worthy, beautiful being. And you will find your way in this life. Not because you trust others and listen to what they're saying and telling you to do, but because you trust yourself and you listen to that inner voice. And this led me to this episode where I would like to share with you tools, practices that you can use with your children to either plant the seeds or to help nurture and keep active their connection to spirit. Now, this will not be a woo-woo episode, but at the same time, I cannot not talk about spirit and children and help you to nurture that beautiful gift within them to, to strengthen their confidence to help them be solid within themselves no matter how big the storms around them are because don't we all want our children to be confident know what is for them what isn't for them be kind be loving be caring but at the same time stick to their guns be solid enough within themselves to say no when it feels wrong to them when something doesn't feel aligned for them don't we all want our children to be able to relax and ease as challenging times are coming through whether for the family or for them at school, with peers, within their own bodies? Don't we want our kids to have a quiet mind so they can hear that inner guidance instead of all the voices and noise created by others? And so my goal with this episode is to bring to you a few practices, a few tools that will help you to either nurture your child's connection that they already have to themselves, to that well of wisdom, to spirit, because it's all one, right? Or plant the seeds to set them up so that by the time they are in that year 11, year 12, you know, 16 years old, and the world feels like this is the... This is the most important moment that will define everything. The be-all or die-all. That your child feels they can navigate through it without stressing out, without worrying. Just trusting in the flow that's coming. Trusting in their own abilities, in how capable they are and how good enough they are. Even when the school or the teacher decides they're only worthy of a C or D. So let me first tell you a little bit about why I keep saying that the little children are connected to spirit. Uh, and why it's important to nurture it at that stage. 
So you see, when a baby is born, when a soul has slipped into this physical body, the connection to the other side across the veil, to spirit world, to source, is very, very strong. In fact, that connection, which I perceive as this line, this cable almost, that connects children to spirit, to source, is so strong and it stays within them till they're about seven years old. Things start to change seven years onwards, but up until the age of seven, children are actually mostly in what's called a theta state, which means brain waves have slowed down to about four to eight hertz, and it's a state between wakefulness and sleep. So dream state is a theta and if you have participated in any of my group sessions that are meditations or like the lion's gate, we would go into theta state because it allows your analytical mind to let go so that you can either heal or perceive things or manifest. So children are in that state naturally because, and that's their connection, because it helps them to absorb what's around them. So you may have heard the expression that children are like little sponges. And it's true. They absorb things by watching. They don't have to be taught how to walk or, you know, how to stand up. They observe and pass that remembrance from, I've done this before. I should know how to do it. Helps them to not quit when they fall and just keep going till they have that end result of standing up and walking. So children observe, children tend to mimic and it's because they are in that theta state. It's also the only time in a human's life where you are literally one foot in the spirit world, one foot here, aside from, you know, just when you're about to cross over a death. Um, but it's the only time where you are actively present and navigating both in the spirit world and in the physical world. So you are absorbing what is happening here in a physical world so that you can survive, so that you can be accepted by your tribe, right? By your family. But also you are still very, very connected to the source, to spirit world. And this is why so many young children talk about past lives or where they were before they were born. or they And they can describe things in such incredible detail. They talk to loved ones who have crossed over, right? They will tell you, Nana is here, or Pop came, you know, and played with me teas, you know, tea party. They tend to astral travel. I've worked with so many parents whose children astral travel, and then when they come back, they leave these portals open, which then makes... um you know, creates this negative energy and all of a sudden children don't sleep well or they get sick all the time or they are scared at night. So children are very connected, right? We often think it's their wild imagination. <laughs> you know, when they see their invisible friends or when they tell you things that like you go, how do you know this stuff? I know my little uh, five, almost six-year-old Dusty, um, 
she often tells me when we are in a car together just the two of us she will tell me stories of like how the moon helped her to find us this family and basically the moon showed her you know um families and said you can choose and she saw her sister and her brother on the other side and she knew she had to wait they had to go first so things that like we've never spoken about this and this is why I mean that with little children up until the age of seven, you don't plant the seeds. You just have to nurture. You just have to nurture the gifts that they already have. And the way we nurture these gifts is by encouraging them when they tell you these um stories ask questions you know really engage in those conversations when they tell you about a past life or where they've been before they came here when they tell you that they are seeing their loved ones perhaps ask questions and really really encourage those conversations also uh what nurtures sort of children at that age to keep going with um, their gifts and this ability to stay connected is by even playing little games where they don't know the answer um, they just have to feel it or see it and so a very simple game is for example you know you take a normal deck of cards and you pull a card and you tell them, you know, the card is facing towards you, away from them. And you ask them to either see with their special mind what the card is. And that encourages them to use their third eye, their clairvoyance. Or you say, feel what the card might be. Or listen, maybe you will hear what the card is. And so by encouraging them, by saying this, you are stimulating all the different clairs. And they don't even have to understand like what clairs are or how. Actually, what I found is that young children won't even ask you, what do you mean here? What do you mean see? I can't see because you, you've got the card facing away from me. They won't ask that. They will play along. Because children at that age don't have that resistance yet developed that tells them something doesn't make sense or I should be able to get this with my mind, you know, like I should know the answer. Their mind actually doesn't go searching for the answers because it doesn't have that database developed yet. So... Up until the age of seven, you can play all sorts of games of even just close your eyes and just tell me what you see. Or when you play some music, just tell me what happened. Did you see something? Or even like, let's pretend that we are going to go down this path into this forest and we're going to meet fairies or we're going to meet a brave lion and so this way you are guiding them uh, into meditations without actually saying okay we're going to sit down we're going to meditate so these little activities actually help to strengthen these inborn intuitive abilities uh, so that they stay nice and open. 
Now, even when you're making decisions, when you ask your child, for example, what would you like for breakfast? But close your eyes and just feel into what would feel good for you to have for breakfast today. Again, emphasizing feeling or seeing without looking through the pantry or try and hear whether you can hear the answer of what you might like for breakfast. It really encourages them to use their soul senses, not just the physical senses of, you know, walking up to the pantry or opening the fridge and seeing with their physical eyes what's there, what looks good. It also will help children to see beyond the scenes and not necessarily judge a book by its cover. My favorite thing to play with kids is actually hiding an object in a pouch or a bag where they can't see what it is and I get them to first of all try and see whether they can see what it is and then I do well maybe you can hear it right and uh, finally we do feeling but feeling first like like not touching but just try and close your eyes and see if you can sense what the object is and then you may let them feel it if you want to. So there's different variations that you can do. You can do just one. You can do a mixed or, you know, however you want it. But it's the idea of something that isn't seen with their physical eyes. Something that is hidden from their physical senses to really get them um, to use their soul senses. So when a child is this young, it's really fun and it's really easy because they're so responsive. They're so open. You can actually do guided meditations. You can um, start even with mindful evenings and you can have this whole routine. And I don't want to... mm, put in your head a particular routine because it's not a specific thing that you need to do and I know we're all busy and especially if we have other children it's really really hard but just to give you some ideas that can help you to form a beautiful mindful evening routine uh, could be for example rubbing a bit of lavender oil on their you know on your hands and then letting them smell you can add a bit of lavender oil perhaps into their bath and maybe play some binaural beats or classical music or even nature sounds like you know these beautiful meditative sounds uh, that you can find on youtube as they are lying there and you know as they're lying there and they're sort of ready to drift off to sleep, you can also just tell them when you close your eyes, tell me, can you feel your hands? Can you feel your arms? Can you feel your legs? And you can go from top to bottom and just making them aware of their body and sensations that they're feeling, which also helps to calm their nervous system and relaxes them so they are ready to go to bed. Now, Creating such a mindful evening routine helps children on so many levels, not just to stay connected and, you know, um, become aware of their bodies and sensations and energy and all that, but also because it calms the nervous system, anxious children or children who tend to worry, you will find that that will ease 
and they won't worry so much it won't be so anxious I know a lot of children um, are worried about going to sleep actually or having nightmares so that will help that as well again anything like that is a really a um, their energy is just distorted and so this brings cohesion into their energetic field so it creates a more cohesive energy for them which helps on so many levels they will actually be able to focus better at school so they absorb knowledge better and again it will help them to feel stable and and secure and you can do something for the morning as well of course but usually we are very, very busy in the morning, aren't we? So I want to share with you a few, again, tips. And just keep in mind that you can use this at any time. So even though I'm saying, you know, evening routine or morning routine, creating something, you can literally mix and match and do any of them at any time. I think what is really key here is... Uh, to be consistent so not just do it now and once and then kind of forget about it and then maybe in a few months when you re-listen perhaps to this episode you will be reminded and you do it again no just create some sort of uh, consistent um, consistent practices that you can kind of incorporate into daily or weekly lives of you and your children so other things that you can do, whether it's morning or evening or whenever, is give them a little bit of um, Reiki energy. So even if you are not trained in Reiki, life energy flows through you anyway. So you can just sit silently as they are lying there and just set the intention to, to bring through energy that will help them to relax that will perhaps calm the nervous system or bring a bit of um, cohesion into their energy field. And you just put your hands out and you just hold them above them or around the head, just wherever, because energy is so clever. It will know where to go. It will know what to do. You are basically just a conduit. So you can do that. You can also do grounding. And grounding is powerful because you don't actually even have to tell your children. So if you think, okay, uh, I would love to ground them. I would love to do something. But, you know, perhaps your children don't want to cooperate or, you're, you know, you don't have time in the morning. And so you sent them off to school. When you come home, just sit down and do this little grounding practice and they will receive it because their higher self will accept it no matter where they are, how far away they are from you. And this is how you do the grounding. So you basically just visualize your child, you visualize their root chakra, and then you ask for a grounding cord to appear and you witness it going down into the ground, deep, 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 deep into the ground till it hits the center of the earth. Now, please, just in case you're thinking of messaging me, how far down do I have to go? Where's the center of the earth? I want to say this. It doesn't matter. You do not need to measure it out. You don't need to know the number. You are just setting the intention and your intention is powerful. So set the intention that you want this grounding cord to go down wrap itself around the center of the earth and then you will see this cord expand to the width of your child's body and 
it will feel perhaps or it will look like a tree trunk and so you you can see how it your child is being anchored to the ground really pulled down really nice and solid and what I like to do then is I ask for any distortion in their energy field anything that feels stagnant any energy that doesn't serve them to be released through the grounding cord into the ground you don't need to know exactly what it is or exactly the worries or the 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 what the energy represents you just set the intention and then you witness something like sludge or gray water coming down the court and going into the ground where it will be recycled okay so you witnessed that that happened and then what i do is i allow the cord to go all the way through all the chakras go up through the crown and connect to source so this is my longer version because when they are connected it's like i'm saying okay i'm reinforcing this connection to source and allowing this white light to come over them wrap itself around them go through their body filling in any gaps so that they feel wholesome they feel fully in their body but also are protected and so that's what I usually do for my children and you know it's really interesting I was actually testing this for like a couple of weeks and the days when I did it my children felt calmer they went this sort of erratic energy. Um, they were very calm or they were very excited about things that happened at school. Whereas normally they're like, what did you do at school? Eh, nothing. So when children are grounded, they make better decisions. They are fully present in their body. They can focus better. They can um, pay attention easier. Which brings me to that next topic. How do we teach our children to pay attention, to focus? Now, again, there are so many ways that we can actually show children how to focus, what it means to focus. And none of them have anything to do with writing the same word down the whole page which I remember from my school days was how teachers were trying to instill the focus the paying attention in us by you know punishing us in a way and saying well now you know you got this word wrong because you weren't paying attention so now you've got to write two pages of this word line by line that's not how we do it what actually helps your child to learn to focus, to pay attention. Number one, the grounding that you can do distance so they don't even have to um, be there for it. But also, um, any of the practices I've shared, right? Becoming more aware of their body. Becoming more aware of the energy that is around them, that they feel. The emotions, you know, how it feels in their body. When they feel sad, when they feel happy. And... Also fun games that you can do, and you can do this with children who are older than seven even, is to basically sit with eyes closed and then you tell them, okay, visualize number one. And I want you to write the number one in the air in your mind's eyes. So see it being written up. 
And then you say, okay, now write number two. And I want you to use a green pencil when you write number two. And so the goal is not to get it right or see number, but as you're counting the numbers um, and they have to focus on the number, that inadvertently teaches them to focus. Now, things in a physical world that you can do is, you know, any craft activities, anything like um, I love to do with my young one, um, uh, stitching or she loves at the moment crocheting so that teaches children again to focus but also it is very meditative so children who are quite anxious or um, perhaps have been put into the category of ADHD and we believe they can't sit still and focus Learning to crochet, just a simple chain even of finger knitting can actually help them to sit and focus. So these are just a few examples that you can do. And I believe if we encourage children, if we nurture these intuitive abilities in our children, then when they get to adolescent, when they get to that awkward puberty stage, when the workload at school gets bigger, expectations get bigger, peer pressure gets stronger, they will be able to navigate through it all with ease because they will know who they are. They will be very present in their body. They will know how even when they come to a new situation or a new school and feels a bit scary, they will know how to... Mm, restore peace and and that feeling of safety and security um so doing that with younger children is going to set them up to be confident to be solid to be nice and kind and sympathetic towards others they will probably be able to focus better and absorb knowledge better now, I am continuing my work with children. So a couple of school holidays ago, I think now, I ran a meditation circle. I didn't run it this last school holidays because we were actually on a road trip. But I am now preparing four beautiful sessions that will actually help children to uh, strengthen their intuition to teach them how to trust and continue to listen to that intuition and show them their superpowers, you know, seeing beyond the scene, hearing beyond the word. And I want to also in those workshops um, work with children around focusing you know, learning how to focus, learning how to be still. And these four sessions will be geared towards children between the ages of five to seven, eight, just as a guide. And then somewhere nine, 10 to 13. So I feel like that's where I want to start with it. 
So if you are listening to this episode as it came out, stay tuned for more information if this is something that interests you. Uh, there are plans of doing it online but also in person where we can actually like do you know hands-on activities if you are listening to this far 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 in the future uh, then I'm sure when you go to my website all the details will be there already but I hope mostly that what I shared with you here is enough for you to take and put into action, create beautiful, mindful routines, uh, consistent practices in your daily or weekly routine so that you can really encourage your child to stay connected and keep going with their amazing intuitive abilities and the wisdom that they carry that they've come into this world that as soon as they go to school is drowned out because room needs to be made for the knowledge right that is absorbed by the analytical mind and not that you know that is less or more important but this is i think what happens to children from the age of seven as they phase out of that theta state and become more solid here as humans. So please let me know how this episode felt for you, whether anything resonated, whether any of the practices um, worked for you, you loved them, or you have any questions. And I will be in your ears again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>